In this season of sharing and connecting, no gift is more perfect than a new Samsung Galaxy S7 or Galaxy S7 Edge, unless it's two. That's right, buy one Galaxy S7 or Galaxy S7 Edge at Sprint and get a second one free, twice the nice at one low price. So dash to a Sprint store, sprint.com slash holiday, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today and get two gifts to make spirits bright. Coverage and offer not available everywhere, subject to credit and $30 activation fee, GS72896 and Edge 3313 per phone for 24 months with installment billing, second phone free after monthly credits, requires new lines, taxes due, it's hail early termination, results and remaining balance due, excludes 50% offline restrictions apply. Blog Talk Radio. the relaxing meditation music, the Thai relaxing massage. Yeah, we tried a little something different to open up the show today, a little more mellow, a little more somber, as, uh, of course, we, we're not going to talk much about it, but I did want to mention it right at the top here. This is The Word with G, and we are on WRSP Radio, WRSP Sports Blog Talk Radio.com, and the somberness, and I just kind of thought of this at the top, off the top of my head, Craig Sager, uh, rest in peace, passes away, three-year battle with leukemia, uh, battling cancer for the last three years, and we always remember him for those colorful, crazy suits and that outgoing personality and a lot of love that he showed everybody and everybody showed to him, and it was just a tough passing. Uh, Craig Sager passing away at the age of 65, but now on to a more, we'll say energetic segment here. We're talking about the grind of sports media and how they got there. This is the Christmas Day edition of it. We're recording this on Thursday. So happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Uh, we're, this is going to be airing on Sunday. So I appreciate you taking a break from your family activities to come join me here on The Word with Gene. And joining me also, uh, we had this girl on a couple months ago. She was talking a little bit of fantasy football. She was with me for the entire hour, which was a terrific segment. Always love talking to her. She does a lot of great things up on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find her. She's a contributor to Fangraphs 2080 Baseball, FanVice, and FanRag Sports, a, a website that I currently uh, contribute to as well. Jessica Kleinschmidt, and she is my latest guest on The Word with G. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm great. I'm really I'm glad you brought me back. A lot of times, you know, it's, you don't really know if you're ever going to hear back from somebody again. So I appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, you know, I thought about it. I, I was, it was kind of up in the air, and I thought, you know, she does a lot of sports media stuff. This might be kind of a unique story. I, I might want to mm-hmm. uh, dive into it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, my, 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 my story is pretty unique, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, you can find Jessica on Twitter, at KleinschmidtJD, as well for all her baseball-related tweets and Topanga-loving things on Twitter. And um, let, let's get, dive right into it. How did you first develop a love for sports and baseball specifically? And when did you first have an idea that the sports media industry was going to be the one that you wanted to make a career out of? Well, 
when I was little, we pretty much spent every waking moment at the baseball field. My dad was the president of the little league. My mom was always kind of like, you know, volunteering, whether it was in the snack bar, just kind of helping the players, getting us where we needed to go. So it's pretty much from a young age, we just were always a sports-related family. And, you know, I, I was stuck with baseball and then on to softball, but my brother did everything from baseball that he did really well with football as well. And my little brother was also like scouted by the Yankees at one point. So it was just, we always knew that baseball was going to be a part of our future. Um, and so I always kind of wanted to be involved in sports, but I didn't really think I would actually do it. Um, so when I was younger, I was like, oh, I definitely want to be like the next, you know, sideline reporter. And I just thought that that was pretty much all a woman could do in the industry. So that's kind of where my mentality was. And it wasn't until um, about three years ago, four years ago, where I was like, okay, well, women are actually accepted as more than just holding a microphone on the sidelines and asking questions, not taking that away from what women do when they do do that position, because it is kind of a, it's no different than any other type of intense mentality with a woman, you know, especially in the quote male dominated industry. But I wanted to be the kind of girl who was, you know, hanging out on, you know, the panel, like I I want to be asked the questions or asked, you know, anything as far as that goes. So I actually gave up my government job about four years ago, which was a great job. They, they were paying for my school. They, um, obviously the benefits were what were great, but I was just, I was frustrated. I was bored. I was, I was angry. Um, every day I went to work. So I just kind of quit one day and pursued this. And it was great now to know that the, the media in and of itself, whether it's social media or it's broadcasting or anything like that has definitely, um, not only been great for women, but just people in general where you can actually have a draw a job in multimedia, which is great as opposed to just writing for a paper or just being in front of the camera. There are so many different things you can do. So that's kind of what I decided to, you know, hang up my hat with my kind of boring government job and then really give this a go. Now, you said you played softball. What position did you play? Um, I played third, and then I played shortstop. Um, they, they wanted to keep me in the outfield because, like, our third baseman and our shortstops were, like, phenomenal. But I hated the outfield. I could never really, like, read the ball well. I, was, I never took hold, and I was really <laughs> tiny, too. So, you know, that when, as, as, as time progressed, you wanted to have those taller people in the outfield most of the time. And so, um, but third base and shortstop were my absolute favorite positions. You have to remember, I transitioned from baseball. I could not hit. I was like an Omar Vizquel. I was great with my glove, all of that, or like a Richie Martin kind of guy. Like, I just couldn't really hit, but my glove was always there. That sounds exactly like me. They called me the Doug Minkiewicz, basically, uh, of the of- – our college team because I was a slick right. fielder. I'd come in for defense at the end of the game, but my hitting not so strong. So I, I feel you right. there uh, in terms mm-hmm. of, 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 so how long did you end up playing baseball for? Cause I, I had some girls that I played baseball with my dad coached growing up, but it was basically only until I was about what, maybe 10 years old. Right. Right. I, I started when I was about seven and then I actually played into high school. Um, I played the Babe Ruth. So I was like 13 or 14 when wow. I stopped playing baseball and then by then I had to switch to softball just like just in case college opportunities were to pop up um kind of yeah. scenario um so I was I was definitely later in life I just loved hanging with the guys and that was another reason why the sports world just was great 98% of the people I work with are guys and just like it's just easier for me to to just get along with them better but it was just I never really wanted to switch to softball and I'm, I'm glad I did because I ended up playing with like really great girls and I didn't really think there was that much competition but there really was so it was pretty great so what's the journey been like for you you know through uh, various you know maybe some internships some some 
sports media jobs that you've had throughout your career, and then you said you, you had a government job as well. What kind of, you know, made you turn on from that government job? I know you said you hated it and you, you weren't a big fan of it to getting into sports media. What kind of clicked for you and what was the journey like going through transitioning from a traditional job, like a government job into the sports mm-hmm. media industry? Yeah, I mean, like, I was pretty lucky. It was a nine-to-five. It was, like, you could kind of just do the exact same thing every single day. So I wasn't really challenged, and I wanted to be challenged. And I remember it wasn't until, um, you know, one day I kind of, like, was really – like, I was actually so nauseous walking into the office. Like, I just wasn't feeling good every time I'd walk in there. And I remember looking at, like, my Twitter accounts and thinking, like, I, you know, people love reading my stuff. People love my content. Like, why can't I make an actual job out of this? And I was only interning for Fox at the time, and that was, like, you know – through yard barker so I, I was pumping out like 10 to 20 articles a week not getting paid for it and it wasn't until mm-hmm. like somebody offered me like an actual paying contract position and i was like okay well if i can do multiple of these contract positions i'll be making more money than i did at, the, at my government job mind you it was different benefits and stuff like that but i would wake up every day excited for work so it was it was stuff like that so i actually moved to the bay area and kind of wanted to be closer to the scenes, you know, closer to Levi Stadium, closer to the Coliseum, closer to AT&T, all of those places. And it wasn't until I kind of, you know, and it was a rough journey because I just thought like I would just walk to the Bay Area and then all these job offers would happen. But that wasn't the case. I still had to work a regular job on top of the other stuff. So it was definitely a, a unique journey. But when Fandle picked me up, I think that's when I finally got the, the light underneath me to say, like, okay, Jazz, this is your calling. You know, Will Carroll really took me in and, and just decided, like, I have, you have a future in this, and I want to be the first person to kind of give you your opportunity. And, you know, so that was, like, my actual first paying super gig that I could actually live off of. Like, not – I could pay bills with that money. I could actually eat with that money as opposed to, you know, having to worry about another type of income. So that, that kind of is, is where it happened. And it was difficult to work for FanDuel only because um, they weren't really – nobody was really used to them being like a content type of driven website. And I was I, you know, I was great with DFS in the baseball realm, but it was difficult for me to do um, everything DFS. You know, so I really wanted to like break news, and I ended up doing that. But it was difficult because I wanted to break news, and people were like, from FanDuel? Like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, and Clinton Barmas retired – and I broke that news. Not a lot of people believed it because they were just kind of thinking FanDuel Insider, like what kind of thing is that? So they actually got rid of the content side, which was okay because now I could branch, go like and, you know, go towards my other types of media stuff and do the stuff I actually want to do. And then it was a lot of self-discipline too. You know, when I worked for the government, it was like you show up at a certain time and you do your work and you go home. Nowadays, you have to wake up when you want to wake up. You have to, you know, pitch your own ideas. You have to make sure yourself is re- you're relevant and all of that stuff. So it's it was a difficult, you know, scenario going from I can kind of be a zombie and get paid for it. Now I have to actually work really hard, and, and I, I can't get paid if I don't produce anything. So it's it's definitely a different mentality um, in that aspect. But it definitely was a roller coaster. I started off really rough. Um, not thinking, you know, there were days I wanted to quit the industry, but I realized, you know, I have so much support. I have so many things that I want to be doing and so many people looking up to me that I have to continue doing what I'm doing. And I'm glad that I did. Absolutely. And again, we're talking with Jessica Kleinschmidt, contributor of Fangraphs, 2080 Baseball, FanVice, FanRag. And yeah, that's, that's a great point that you bring up about FanDuel because I think, I know it's certainly in my mind, when I think of FanDuel, I just think of, hey, I'm playing DFS. I'm, I'm not looking to them for 
any kind right. of advice, anything like that. It's just kind of, hey, I'm going to play a game, do a little gambling, hopefully win some money, and that's it. So that must have been a kind of a tough start. But Will Carroll, I, I know him, I don't know him personally, but I listened to him a lot on the CBS show that I had hosted uh, previous. He was mm-hmm. on a lot of the CBS stations, the injury expert, you know, for, from FanDuel, and he's a great guy. And you talked a little bit about kind of creating your own content and, and kind of pitching your own ideas. And let's talk a little bit about the YouTube series that you've created, the Let's Be Honest series. Talk a little bit about what that's all about and, and kind of what inspired that. Well, the first the first actual video I decided to do um, was I got kind of fed up with the way that women were being treated in sports media, and I was one of the only people to actually open up about it. And there was this group of girls that I was with, um, and we all worked in baseball media. And I was kind of getting sick of these questions that I was asked by people about, oh, well, you're a baseball girl in sports, so these things must happen to you. And it was never from the players. It was mainly actually a lot of the fans, a lot of the, the casual baseball fans and, and those types of things. I'd be asked these annoying questions that just drove me nuts. You know, whether it was like, oh, well, you must get hit on by players all the time, or, or why are you, uh, like, are you really a baseball writer, or you don't look like a baseball writer, or those kinds of things. And it just kind of, you know, I was fed up with it, so I decided to start this one small little video segment. And luckily, you know, I, I picked up how to kind of edit them, whether it was like adding stuff in, you know, titles and, and pictures and, and transitions and music and all that stuff. And I had great resources, an amazing guy, Chris Corbellini, who's formerly of Sports Illustrated. We also worked at FanDuel together. I had him looking at my stuff, and this guy works for NFL Films, too. Like, he knows his stuff. So I would send him my stuff, and he'd kind of, you know, critique me and stuff like that. But Honestly, it was just for fun and to kind of get me, you know, more comfortable in front of the camera because I'm, I used to be terrified in front of the camera, which is weird because I'm a very confident person and I'm very outgoing, but you put a camera in front of me and all of a sudden I don't know how to, to act. So I just started doing that and then like editing my own stuff was great for my resume and I feel like I've definitely developed a craft in that aspect as well. And then people started asking for more, like saying, I really want you to keep doing this. And then I was thinking, well, it can't be too many things where it's like, who's going to win the World Series or stuff like that. You kind of have to branch out. And I've always been, been very creative in that way. And then, you know, like the most recent one that you and I talked about before I went on air was, you know, like food and in, in MLB and stuff like that. You really want people to want to watch your stuff, but you also want to be proud of it as well while still maintaining a sense of entertainment value but people want to look at you for advice as well and the latest um, MLB rumors or stuff like that it's really hard to maintain a balance but I try to project that I can kind of bring all of those to the table and so it basically was me starting out to develop a portfolio now I'm just having fun with it and people you know and now we don't say people that know that I'm an actual person as opposed to just some little Twitter account they can actually see these YouTube videos that I filmed from like bedroom and it's just like a, a way to kind of show off my skills that I've kind of you know developed over the years yeah and you have to really figure out a way to make yourself stand out and I think you're doing that with the questions that you know women get asked in in the sports media mm-hmm. industry the the ballpark part foods is is there anything else that you kind of are thinking about or, or maybe working on to create another segment um at the moment i haven't really thought of anything i'll literally like won't do one for like a week and then one day i wake up and i'm like oh i have a great idea let me do one but the baseball season's right 
coming up. And I'm actually going to spring training, so I'm going to see if I can do anything with that aspect. I'll be on Fantasy Sports Network doing some live segments for them, um, which has been fun as well because they have me on camera um, also. So it really depends on if I think of something last minute. Um, I'm doing a WAG series too. A lot of the women and girlfriends in sports have been interviewing them. I was thinking about doing some sort nice. of video segment for them as well. Um, so that's been that's been a lot of fun. But luckily, I, I don't really – the sky's the limit. I don't really – nothing really holds me back. I'll do DFS weekly picks too for football and, and baseball and stuff like that. And, of course, when baseball season's around, like I'm already going to be busy as it is. But my mind, who knows what's going to happen. But at the moment, I really don't think I have anything um, prepared for the near future. But these things, like, come out of nowhere. That's like the ballpark food thing came out of nowhere. I was, like, I was like working out. I was on a jog. I'm like, ooh. That's a good idea. And then I videotaped And you just naturally thought of food because you were hungry. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I need to get my gains in after I do this workout. Oh, my gosh. Ballpark I, I was food. on my second mile. I was on my second mile, and I was like, oh, remember that one hot dog that was deep fried and covered in mac and cheese and pulled pork sandwich? Like, heck, yeah. Like, let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, so creative. And that's what you have to be when it, when it comes to this industry because everybody's so cookie cutter. And if you're cookie cutter, yeah. then you're not going to stand out and nobody's going to kind of – uh, recognize you or you're not going to get noticed because you're mm-hmm. a small fish in a big pond. And we all are. Right. Um, you have to do something different. And that's why I'm trying to, you know, I came up with this segment to kind of see if I can spotlight some cool people in the industry doing some cool things. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm glad we we've gotten to talk about that. I've gotten to know you over the last couple of uh, months. And, you know, you mentioned baseball, your favorite bar none, but what makes, and I know you played it for a while, but what makes baseball your favorite sport? to cover I think I've just always been really romantic about it and it's you know it's ever since I was a little kid it was just like the thing that me my my father bonded over and you know I had my first kiss like when I was in little league in a dugout like that you know like just little things like that shut up yeah I know I know I don't think I haven't really told that many people that but you know it's just kind of like little things like that and yeah and like it's weird right like we'll go to the office and they feel at home but when I go to a baseball park especially if I'm covering a game I just feel like I'm so like calm and centered and just like in my happy place and I just feel like that's really cool. I get to call that my office in time. You know, um, there's a triple A team out here that I cover all the time. And every time I show up to greater Nevada field, I just feel like it's like, this is my, this is my jam. This is, I feel comfortable here and interviewing the players and the front office staff has been phenomenal and everything like that. I just feel like it's, it's great. So it's just little things like that. And like, I just, you know, since I did play, I do remember like how some, some of the body things that I went through, I know it's different for a, for a male to a female's perspective, but just like the feeling you get. And a lot of the guys that I've talked to in that do play ball, just, they still have that feeling, you know, they get to play a kid's sport for a living and they don't ever let that go. And, and guys that are former players, they always miss it, you know, but their bodies just couldn't keep up. So there's always those little things. Like I get it. People get so obsessed with like the numbers and, they forget to look at these players like actual people and in that kind of aspect and, and so on and so forth. So that's where it kind of changes up. And I just remember that these guys do have families. They do have loved ones and, and, and so on and so forth. So that kind of is where it's a different perspective as far as I go. Um, but it's just something I've always loved to do. And I, I feel like even if I were to have to retire from, from that someday, like even when I have a day off, like if I worked three games in a row and I have the day off, I'll probably still buy a ticket and go watch a baseball game. I think it's just like something I've always loved. And I love, you know, that the atmosphere of it, I love the social aspect of it. And, you know, obviously the food is great. You get to drink beers and watch America's favorite pastime. And there's nothing really better than that. 
Jessica Kleinschmidt here on The Word with G. We're spotlighting her sports media career, how she got to where she's at right now. And I, I, Jessica, I would feel like if, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, what was the, what was it like getting your first kiss in the dugout? Was it kind of like in game, or was it after a game? Was it what, what, what was that environment like? I was like eleven or ten. I was such a baby. I don't remember, but I think it was like the cute thing because we were both like the best players in for Valley Providence Little League. We were kind of like dating, if you will. And we just were, like, hanging right. out. It was, like, after a game, like, we just, like, spent – like, my brother was playing a game, I think, maybe. So I had to go to the field, and, like, my, quote, boyfriend was there. And we just were hanging out. We kissed on the lips for the first time in the, in the dugout. And it was, like, so storybook and so Jessica Kleinschmidt, you know. <laughs> like, so it was just kind of what it was. I don't remember. I was, like, I was kind of a tomboy growing up, so I probably thought it was gross. I don't remember. Oh, that's funny. Well, you beat me to the punch. I didn't get my first kiss until I think I was in eighth grade. I think I was uh, I was a little bit of a late bloomer, if you will. It was before a baseball well, game, too. actually. I, like I remember. A... Oh, go ahead. Go I need ahead. to hear this. I know I need to hear this. <laughs> Oh, mine was mine was actually before a baseball game. Uh, this girl I was dating, she was actually on the softball team, and I think it was before a game, and we kind of met up. It was after school, and I was on my way to kind of go get my stuff, and then I go head out of the field, and she kind of pulled me into this little corner near one of the gyms where it was kind of like a door cut out, but I don't know where the door led, and we just we kissed right there. She said good luck, and she set me on my way. That's just the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. You, how can you not be romantic about baseball? You, you every every time. I've only gone on actually one baseball date, and I don't think I I, I can ever really do it what? again. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like that's my that's like my thing. Like you know, Wait, you like, have to be a very you mean like on a person. on a on a date to a game or dating somebody from the baseball industry? Oh no, I've never gone like to a game with like, or I've only gone on one date at a baseball game wow really I was always picky about it and then I wasted on like some loser that I used to date and now it's for me <laughs> I can only go yeah, I, with my family or by myself I go to baseball games by myself like all the time so it's just like it, you got to be picky about who you enjoy like the your favorite thing with right so yeah yeah I guess that's that's true but I mean, for me, I just love going to games, and it's and I know my roommate and I have the same kind of feeling on this. We live literally 10, 15 minutes away from City Field, and it's a great spot to just, you know, if you have a date, you know, you want to just go enjoy a nice summer evening with somebody, you know, you, you take a girl and you go enjoy a Mets game, and, and there's nothing better than that. Uh, been on, uh, I know this is probably not great to see how I say on the air, and hopefully not a lot of people are listening, on Christmas here, uh, for my sake, but you know I've taken many of uh, dates on on baseball dates to Mets games before. I, I think it's a it's a great date spot. You know, it's a little expensive. If you want That's to drink, you true. probably have to drink beforehand. But right, right. No, it's it's always a great idea. But I mean, a lot of guys are actually intimidated to ask me on baseball dates because they just think that I'll be like talking about the game the whole time. But I don't know. It's just you have to be selective. I mean, the normal person on a baseball date is different. Me on a baseball date, it's kind of it's a little bit different, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, I get that, and uh, yeah. I, I would probably be the same way too. I remember I went uh, not on a date, but brought one of my best friends who's a girl. We went to a Met Yankee game, and she's a huge Yankee fan and knows more about the game of baseball than a lot of my guy friends do. And 
oh, was wow. kind of the same way. We were we were kind of talking in and out to the game and whatnot. So it was kind of cool to kind of go on a date uh, or, or go with a friend that's uh, you know of the opposite sex and and being able to actually talk the ins and outs of the game. So I think that would be that would be cool. I feel like it would be cool to go to a baseball game with you. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you guys hear that? Just letting you know, like if you ever want to take a girl on a date, I'm. I'm like I'm a chief date too. I don't. Ha- it doesn't have to be MLB. I'll go to a minor league game with you, and I'll have a lot of fun. She's easy, depending upon not not easy in that sense, but I'm saying easy to please in terms of a baseball game. You can take her to a my. You can take her to a minor league game. I'm sure you can take her to a high school game, and she'd be happy. No high school. I don't do high school games. I I don't have. The oh, okay. That's where do I draw the Too good. Too good for high school. That's where we draw the line. We go independent yeah, league, we can go minor leagues and major leagues. Right. That's it. Right. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So let's get back into kind of the baseball thing here. Who's the coolest? What's, what's who's the coolest player or coach or baseball experience that you've had an opportunity to experience? Maybe the coolest player or coach you've ever talked to, and coolest baseball experience maybe that you've ever had. Uh, Tim Lincecum was probably, like, my favorite interview ever. He was just so nice and so down-to-earth. Big-time Timmy Jim. Yeah, yeah. And he was here um, in Reno on a on a rehab, well, I guess like a MLB, like, assignment kind of weird scenario, trying to come back and make his way uh, back to playing again. And he was just wonderful. He was great to the media, um, great, signed every autograph that was asked, um, took selfies with even the media members who – I don't think that's professional, but they still did it anyway. I didn't ask for a selfie because I just don't, I don't it makes me uncomfortable. Um, but so he was really great. Um, so warm to the fans. And he, I always heard he was, but to actually physically see it, like he really gave me a big, uh, really huge respect for him. So when he came back to the bigs, I was really rooting for him. I really wanted everything great to happen for him because I had physically met him in person. He was great. Um, and Clint Barmas was always really sweet too. Um, when he broke the news that he was retiring, he was so open about talking and all of that. Uh, Shelby Miller, um, even though he was down for on a rehab assignment and kind of bummed, um, from what I hear, he was really wonderful to me. Uh, John Crock is probably one of the nicest guys um, in the industry as well. I really suggest if anybody ever has a chance to talk to him, they you know, definitely do. He loves talking country music um, almost <laughs> as much as he loves baseball, so it's always great as well. Um, the Fox guys are always super sweet. C.J. Nikowski might be one of the greatest guys ever. Um, so full of knowledge, because not only is he an analyst, but he's a former player as well. Um, so he's always been great. Um, pretty much I don't, I don't think I have anything negative to say about anyone. I've been pretty lucky as far as the interviews I've been given. Um, a lot of the minor league guys are wonderful as well. They're, they've, they've always been treated with respect um, around the ballpark and everything like that. Um, so I've been, I've been very lucky. So Jessica Kleinschmidt, what is your dream job? Where do you eventually want to end up? And when it's all said and done, what, when you go to sleep at night and you, you, close your, you close your eyes, what do you envision yourself doing? Like, oh, my gosh, I would, this is the spot where I would love to be. This is the job I would love to have, or this is the job I'm working towards. I mean, I'm still kind of figuring that out. I mean, I've always liked the idea of being, like, a sports entertainer. Um, you know, I don't really know what that entails. Um, and, if, you know, that could be, like, hosting my own show or anything like that. Like, I really love, you know – interacting with, with people in the industry. Cause I've actually had similar um, podcasts like you're like, you're having one now where I'd have people that are my friends in the industry talking about that. And just like, you know, 
talking about life and what their goals are has always been great too. But I also like being on the opposite side where I'm like, I am now I'm like being asked the questions and then, and all of that. But I think that's, what's kind of cool is a lot of the times you can have somebody as a host, but then you can, they can flip around and be the analyst as well. Um, obviously baseball is my true love. I don't really think I would end up great as far as like being a scout or anything like that, because I just, I, I, lo- I like their personalities too much and I want to tell their story. So the writing aspect that I've been doing has been great. Um, and I like telling their, their stories. I love breaking news. It's one of my favorite things to do. And um, <laughs> DFS has been great as well. So I, I guess like I'm, I'm on the, the perfect path, you know, as far as being a, an entertaining personality in the sports world, that's definitely something I've been doing. Um, but to be more of a baseball expert would be kind of phenomenal too, to like be on ESPN, you know, sitting next to Jessica Mendoza and, and the guys are at, at baseball tonight would be great as well so that's probably my ultimate goal or something on MLB network as well um but I I don't mind you know hosting but I also don't obviously don't mind being an analyst as well so I guess like a mixture of both would probably be one of my dream jobs for sure I I was just going to ask you yeah would you see yourself in the broadcast booth actually broadcasting games or maybe beforehand being in the studio pre post game uh things like that or on a show like baseball tonight I could probably do all of those I, I really don't, I don't think, I mean, I've never really been the type of girl to be like, okay, this is what I want to do. And that's it. You know, I've, I've already, I quit my government job and that was my first step and I pursued, pursued this career and I'm doing it. So my next step would be to kind of take it all on. Like I've never been the type of girl to be like, that's too much work. That's too much work. I've always done all of the work. So I could do it all. I could be hosting one minute. I could be, I don't know if I'm a great play-by-play type of girl yet because I've never actually tried it. Um, but that's certainly something I could see myself experimenting with. Um, but I definitely like the hosting. I wouldn't mind being a silent reporter either, but I just feel like I have more to offer like as far like being on like an analyst type of, of situation, but I mean, the sky is really the limit for me. I'm not really intimidated by anything. So when you went to college, you never tried broadcasting or anything like that? Tried to do any of the games? I did. A, I mean, I did it. I did a little bit of it, but I was just, I got, yeah. I get bored really easily, you know? So like, even when I'm in the press box covering a game, like I can only do it halfway and then I have to do like a couple laps around the field and then I go back up to the press box or I'll go I'm covering the pitcher. I have to, I want to like really watch him. So I'll go sit in the seat somewhere and kind of watch him that way. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I, I realized like me just sitting in the booth for a three to four hour game would probably drive me nuts. Is there a specific market or team that you'd want to be in or cover? I know we talked a little bit about beforehand that you're an A's fan. Would you want to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe cover the A's? I mean, that's the easier one to do. But I remember when I first started in the industry, the A's were, were always an easy thing to do because I knew so much about them. But then I remembered I wanted to be challenged. I was like, give me mm-hmm. some more Astros coverage, give me some more Diamondbacks coverage and, and anything like that. So, I mean, it's easier to kind of stick with what you know, but at the same time, like, I like to be challenged. So if you want to throw out a team that I, you know, would never see myself covering, like, I'll do that as well. Very nice. And you said you're going to spring training this year? I am. And it's, um, I went there a few years ago and that was when I was just like a little blogger and I was, it was no assignment. There were no assignments for me. It was just like for fun. And I wrote like one blog about it. And so I didn't really get to embrace it, but it was cool. Like I was, I was, I still knew a bunch of people. Like I had dinner with John Crock and I introduced him to like this minor league baseball player who was like in love with him. And it was like the cutest thing ever. So it was like stuff like that that I got to do. Um, but this time around I get to like have more work and I get to actually hang out with the people that, 
I've met in the industry, but I've never actually physically met, you know, which is kind of funny to me. Yeah. Uh, people that I've been working with for four years that I've never actually, I've never shaken their hand. So I get to do that. Um, and I'll be there on St. Patrick's Day. So I actually have the day off for St. Patrick's Day and I actually get to enjoy myself because a bunch of my friends are there, like a bunch of my girlfriends who are married and dating the baseball players, they'll be there too. And, you know, I get to see them as well. And I'm just really excited to, to get down there where it's going to be warmer too. So it'll be great. Oh, yeah. Can't complain about that. Right. All right. So last one here for you, Jessica. Give me some advice that you would you would give somebody up and coming in the industry or maybe trying to decide, hey, I'm, I'm not sure what I really want to do. I like sports. I might want to get into the industry. Kind of just throw out some ideas of, you know, somebody that's that's kind of just up and coming in the industry, how they would go about getting into it. I know we, we talked a little bit about your journey, but specifically just some advice you give to somebody who's up and coming in the sports media industry. Can't just love sports and do this. You you definitely have to have like a certain I guess like you have to be kind of a weird person to really want to think that you're going to get paid to do this job. So I've been doing it professionally for about three to four years. And I think I got my first real paycheck for it two years ago. So you have to be willing to do a lot of stuff for free. Um, You know, my YouTube videos, I don't get any money off of them. I do that simply for myself and you have to be okay with that, you know, and, and you really have to put more time and dedication into it. And with me, I can kind of be a little bit more relaxed now. When I first got in the industry, I was pumping out five to 10 articles a day and not getting a dime for it. And, and I feel like once you get past that factor, you can kind of be a little bit more picky and choosy about who you want to write for. Like, for instance, I, people know, like, I won't, I won't do a lot of this for free anymore. And, and there's certain things I will do for free if it's like a friend or certain things like that. But then at the same time, it does humble you. The, the free stuff that you're doing will be worth it someday. And I can guarantee that. And, you know, obviously don't be intimidated by this industry. People are going to be telling you you're stupid for pursuing this. I get told that all the time. And now those people are asking me for jobs and it turns around like that in an instant. And you have to be willing to put in the work and remind yourself that what you're doing is something that you genuinely want to do. And it's a difficult industry because it's not like you're exactly saving lives or quote making a difference. But at the end of the day, like there are a lot of girls who look up to me and and they have me on their show saying like, I've been following your career for years now. And I want you to know, like you're the reason I'm pursuing this, which is wonderful because you all need somebody that you, you can look up to, but you, you have to remember you have to put in the work for yourself. A lot of girls say that they want my help and then I'll give them advice, but then they kind of sit there waiting for me to do something for them. And that's not the the attitude. Like you can't be used. You can't be using people. You genuinely have to do for yourself and somebody will discover you. And I can guarantee that. And that's where it happened. Like one day I get a phone call saying like, Hey, we want you to write for our site. And those phone calls keep happening and they keep happening and they keep happening. And the next thing you know, like you're getting paid for to do what you love. And that's what we all want at the end of the day. So, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Really, really make the commitment if this is exactly what you want to do and realize there's a lot of dedication you have to put into it. Cause you know, if you have any doubt, then you're doomed already. So just keep fighting the fight. And then one day you'll end up, getting paid to write about sports and talk about sports. And it's pretty awesome. That's great stuff. And actually I got one more for you. I was just thinking as you were talking there and um, Mm -hmm. if there was one other sport other than baseball that you had to cover, which would be your favorite other than baseball to cover? Uh, Probably football, I suppose. Um, It's always, or ribbon dancing, um, something like that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But more uh, more football, definitely. Um, It's probably the one thing, like, um, I guess if I ever, like, 
there's always that girl you love watching. And honestly, like I grew up kind of having this weird obsession with figure skating. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind doing that, but I feel like that's like something that not many people know about me, but it's, it's hard for me to do anything besides baseball. I mean, I, I do a lot of football coverage, but it's more of the fantasy aspect. If I were to, I can't do like a play by play scenario for sure. And, um, you know, I'm still learning the game a hundred percent. Um, and you know, that's just kind of what it is, but, uh, I think football would be like my second place kind of scenario. And what about your nickname? Because it's, it's one of my favorites and it's, it's really a true statement of who you actually look like. Well, how did that come right. about? Cause I just want the listeners to kind of just as a send off here, your nickname is Topanga because it, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen her, I'll post a picture up with the, uh, the audio that I'm going to have uh, after the show airs on Sunday and you'll see, she looks exactly like Topanga. You have to do a little <laughs> bit of a double take. Where did the nickname, who, did, who kind of dawned you with the nickname of Topanga? And where did that come from? I can't remember specifically, but it was like kind of like this weird thing around like high school. Like, oh, she looks like the chick from Boy Meets World. And that was when, Boy, that's when Boy Meets World was still on like the, the Friday show. So it was fun. It was yeah. like, and I never even watched it until like the fourth person was like, you look like her. And then I see her and I'm like, I look like this beautiful girl, like, okay, I'm not going to be upset. <laughs> and um, in college is when it really kind of peaked because we lived in like this um, apartment complex and nobody knew me by my name. It was Topanga. And I remember I didn't know until the one guy was like, I don't mean to be rude, but people keep like talking about this Jessica girl. Like, who is she? And they're like, that's Topanga. <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, we've been neighbors for a year and I never knew your real name. And then of course, you know, then like she recently, like a couple of years ago, threw out the first pitch of the Dodgers game and people, my friends from like Bleacher Report messaged me and were like, I really thought that that was you and you were just being rude and ignoring me. And I was like, no, it's the real Topanga. And you know, her middle, her real name's Danielle. My middle name is Danielle. And there's a lot of like weird uh, like similarities in that aspect. So it just kind of stuck. And if you're going to be compared to like every guy's nineties crush and one of the most beautiful women in the world, like there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely nothing wrong with that, except for she chose the wrong California team. I know. I think she was just, they were in LA and like promoting their new show. So I don't even know. if she. I I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if she would have been caught at the Coliseum throwing out the first pitch at the Oakland A's game. You know, LA big lights, you know, Hollywood, the whole thing. Maybe I'll be the first to pang it throughout the the game at, at, at an A's game. There you go. That's something to strive for. Jessica Kleinschmidt, contributor for Fangraph, 2080 Baseball, Fan Vice, Fan Rag Sports, the whole thing. I appreciate you coming on. Can you just talk a little bit about some stuff that you're working on, where people can find you, that whole thing. Plug it up here uh, as we head out. Um, Twitter is probably the easiest way to find me. Um, I post all my work on there uh, for FanRag, for 2080, uh, for FanGraphs. I, I get started officially for FanGraphs in February. In 2080, I'm still working on my first piece, um, just trying to get that uh, together and everything like that. Um, so all my social media, so Twitter, at KleinschmidtJD, my Facebook, I'm posting all my work on there as well. Um, I'm on pretty much any type of social media you can, you know, imagine. So I'm pretty easy with the, the Google machine as well. Just type in my name. You should find me. There you go, Jessica Kleinschmidt. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all the best to you uh, at FanGraph starting in February. That, that's awesome that you're on there and you're going to be contributing to them. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thanks so much, and and happy holidays as well.
Absolutely. We will talk to you soon. And that, again, that was Jessica Kleinschmidt here on Christmas Day, here on The Word with G on WRSP Radio, WRSP Sports, and blogtalkradio.com. That's going to do it here for me on The Word with G. I will catch you next time. Have a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to you and you and yours. And I will talk to you next week here on The Word with G. Record better audio anywhere with Motive Digital Microphones from Shure. Easy-to-use options like the MV88 plug directly into your phone or computer and include a free app. Create studio-quality sound for podcasts, music, and videos. Visit Shure.com to learn more. Christmas is coming, and this year there is one name on your list that you can't seem to cross off. They deserve the perfect gift, a gift that will entice screams of joy, a gift that will be met with leaping hugs. But those are not signs of a truly great gift. That comes when they disappear to the basement for hours, exploring faraway lands on their new Xbox One S-Grade Battlefield bundle. Discover the season's hottest gifts at Walmart. Order by 6 p.m. December 23rd. Free pick of Christmas Eve. Four-hour minimum for order processing. Subject to store availability. Christmas better. Save money. Live better. Walmart.